Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. In the only area game of the night last night, Miami lost to Toledo 89-71. That puts Miami at 8-18 overall on the season and 2-11 in the MAC, tied for last place with Western Michigan. Now let's get to my interview with Ben Steele, Marquette's beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Xavier and Marquette play at 7 tonight on CBS Sports Network in a battle for first place in the Big East. Ben Steele joining me now on the Rebound Rundown. Ben, thanks so much for joining me here this afternoon ahead of a Marquette-Xavier game on Wednesday night that's going to have huge implications for the Big East standings. You and I are recording this before the Providence and Creighton game, which might even have bigger ramifications depending on who wins that game, especially if Providence is able to pull it off at home here tonight. So looking ahead toward Xavier and Marquette on Wednesday night, second meeting between these teams this year, Xavier won the first one at Centos Center earlier on in the season. What are you expecting, Ben, out of the Marquette side in the second matchup between these teams? Well, I can guarantee there's going to be, it's going to be an electric environment. I know it's a early six o'clock tip here in Milwaukee at Pfizer Forum, but um, the school has been out pushing Shaka Smart earlier today. He was out amongst the student body, handing out free lunches, uh, getting people excited. He said, I was over there a couple hours ago and he was saying that there's a a big buzz around the campus. I think you're going to expect a pretty lively student section tomorrow. So befitting such a big game. And, you know, this is one of the biggest games of the season for in the, in the Big East overall. So I, I think it's going to be an electric environment. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you look at the way the Big East tournament is, is shaping up right now. There is a pretty good chance that Marquette and Xavier end up on the same side of the bracket as either the two or three seed, depending on how things shake out. How much are you reading into this game as, as potentially a precursor to a, a Thursday night game or a, a Friday night game at Madison Square Garden, if at all? Yeah, I mean, all these top teams are going to have to go through, you know, however you want to break them down. You're going to have to go through a couple of those guys uh, if you want to get that to Saturday night and get the, uh, you know, the Big East tournament title. Um, you're going to have to face some of these good teams. So when you look at, at at how Xavier and Marquette played the first time this year, Zach Fremantle played in that game, had 10 yeah. points, five and nine from the floor. Fremantle won't be playing on Wednesday night against Marquette, still out with his injury. Um, how do you see Marquette lining up against Xavier now in, in this game at home? Well, the biggest uh, thing that, that Chaka Smart talked about today was trying to to limit Jack Nunji. If you remember remember that first game, uh, what Xavier had like 17 offensive rebounds in that one. I think Nunji yep. had eight of them. Yep. Um, so uh, Shaka talked a lot about that today, about how Xavier got to so many more 50-50 balls in that game than, than uh, Marquette did. And that was the difference down the stretch. Um, so he's going to have the, the team ready for that. Uh, this Marquette team, that's its biggest weakness, is uh, giving up offensive rebounds. It's, Marquette team isn't very big. Uh, Oso Iguodara, the starting center, is super athletic, super long, um, but he's not a big banger type of guy. He's more of a uh, you know lob catcher, uh, you know, beat guys off the dribble kind of big guy. Not 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 a guy that that likes to pound the boards a little bit. So that's that's Marquette's biggest issue this season. Uh, it's it's been an ongoing issue. Um, so that's the biggest area where Xavier has got the advantage. 
what Marquette tries to do to mitigate that, they they send the their guards down there to help. Uh, some some games are better than others, but I guarantee you they'll be they'll be keyed up in that area for this one tomorrow. And when back in that first meeting, Sule Boom had 16 points for Marquette or for Xavier rather, but for Marquette, Tyler Kolick had 25 in that game, had a monster game. And that's something that has really plagued Xavier this year has been allowing an opposing guard to go off for 20, 30 points in a game. What uh, what do you expect out of Tyler Kolick tomorrow? Have you heard anything about just kind of how they want to use him if it was the same way or what, what they expect out of their guard play? Yeah, I talked to Tyler a couple hours ago, too. Um, you know, he scored most of those points in the first half. I think he had, what, like 21 or so in the first yep. half of that game, and then the Saber kind of switched up the coverages a little bit. That's been kind of the way the teams have 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 tried to defend Tyler this year is, is play him uh, to take away the pass and make him a scorer. Uh, but, but Tyler's gotten really good this year about being able to score around the basket. He's gotten a lot stronger as finishing at the rim is a lot better. He's a much better shooter than he was last year. Um, so it's dangerous to play that game, but he's also, you know, one of the best passers in the nation. So you got to kind of pick your poison a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to how, how Xavier comes out. Um, Marquette really likes to, you know, put the other big guys in, in, in ball screens, uh, you know, Tyler and Oso Iguodaro. Uh, that's kind of the bread and butter of this, this Marquette offense. Uh, so they'll, they'll probably try to exploit Nunji out on the perimeter a little bit. Um, but it's that that's the chess piece that's that's gonna that I'm gonna be watching the most probably. And one last question for you, Ben. When you look at the overall picture of Marquette right now, I know a, a recent narrative about Marquette over the last few years has been their play in February, right? They haven't always performed well down the stretch. It's been loss after loss going into March instead of that crescendo to the top in March. So where, how do you think this Marquette team is different or are they different from years past in, in looking at the rest of the schedule because they have Xavier then Creighton, but to finish the year, it's the Paul Butler, St. John. So how do you look at how the end of this year shapes up for Marquette? Yeah, the schedule definitely does them some favors in that regard. Um, Easier down the stretch than it has been. But I also think that this Marquette team it's different than than years past in that the way they score um is more sustainable uh you know they number one in the nation on on two point field goal percentage they're above 60 percent in that regard um so those shots closer to the basket those easier to sustain than you know the uh shooting three pointers that are you know this marquette team is just pretty average three-point shooting team and you know, you don't want to rely on that too much because it's so variable from game to game. Um, and this Marquette team also, it doesn't rely on one or two scores. You know, there's virtually five guys averaging in double figures. One guy's just below it at like 9.8 or something like that. But really, they share the ball really well. Um, high assist totals. Uh, so they don't rely on one guy. So if 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 a, one guy's, the main guy's having a off night, that doesn't really affect their performance. So I think that really helps them. Uh, being more consistent in the in their winning this season than it was, you know, in years past, especially the last season, uh, where they they went three and six down the stretch and then lost, you know, the opening game in the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament kind of fizzled out at the end after a hot stretch in in January and February last year. So I think it's definitely more sustainable, and you see it the second time through playing each of the Big East teams. You know, in the round robin, the second time through, uh, Marquette has 
in years past has kind of struggled once teams, you know, started to adjust to what Marquette was doing. Um, but this year, uh, they've kind of flipped that around a little bit. So I definitely do think it's sustainable. Ben, huge one on Wednesday night at Fiserv Forum. Looking forward to watching. I will not be there, but I know that it'll be a uh, it'll be a thrilling environment, and I can't wait to see you in, in a few weeks at Madison Square Garden. Thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Big East tournament, man. It's it's coming here. It's it's gonna be be here before we know it. And and how how great is it this year, Ben? When we're looking at this Big East title race, and you're looking at all these teams, and generally, you know, it's Villanova at the top. But this year, there are four teams competing for this, and night in and night out, we can flip on a game and we can say, man, this has huge ramifications for the Big East title. How exciting is that? Yeah, it's wide open, man. It's gonna be yeah. Even you can't take any of the teams at the bottom of the the, the bracket for granted either. You know, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yep. All right, Ben, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks. Louisville host number seven, Virginia tonight at the Yum Center in a game you can watch on ESPNU. Two of the Cardinals final six games are against UVA. Virginia is 19 and four and sit tied with Pitt atop the ACC. Cincinnati is on the road at East Carolina for a 7 p.m. tip against the Pirates. The Bearcats cruise to a 28-point win over ECU on January 11th. Cincinnati has won three of their last four games and sit tied for fourth in the AAC. East Carolina, on the other hand, is 3-8 in conference play and is ninth in the AAC standings. Kentucky has their first of three straight quad one games tonight with an 8-30 tip-off in Starkville against Mississippi State on the SEC Network. The Wildcats can absolutely play their way into the NCAA tournament, but they have to win more than one of these quad one games down the stretch. This is their first and only regular season meeting with the Bulldogs. Mississippi State is riding a five-game winning streak, and that's coming off losing five in a row and eight of nine. National Nuggets now, and what an incredible night of basketball it was last night, and it included the best Big East game of the year so far. Number 24 Providence outlasted number 18 Creighton 94-86 in double overtime. This was the second double overtime game Providence has won this year, both at home. The first was back in December over Marquette. The Friars are now 35-1 in their last 36 home games, and the win snapped Creighton's eight-game winning streak. It also sets the table for Wednesday night's matchup in Milwaukee between Xavier and Marquette. The winner of that game will take sole control of first place in the Big East. Then in the nightcap in the Big East, St. John's beat DePaul in double overtime in Chicago. Elsewhere around the country, Oklahoma beat number 12 Kansas State by 14. Number 5 Kansas beat Oklahoma State by 11. And Penn State beat Illinois by 12 behind 41 points from Jalen Pickett. Tonight, it's another loaded night of college basketball. Number 1 Alabama is a small underdog on the road in Knoxville against number 10 Tennessee at 7. Number 22 TCU is at number 19 Iowa State at 9. Number 14, Indiana, is at Northwestern at 9. And Arkansas is at Texas A&M at 9. Paul's Pick of the Day, presented by Betfred Sportsbook, was an easy winner last night with Creighton and Providence soaring over in their double overtime game. Tonight, I'm doing it. I'm 100% doing it. I'm taking the bait against every gambler's better judgment, and I'm taking Alabama plus three on the road at Tennessee. I've been on the Crimson Tide for so long, I'm not stopping now. This is maybe the most square pick I've made yet on this show, but I'll take the points for an Alabama team that is looking to stay undefeated in the SEC. 
That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.